All right, y'all, we got episode two of the pod. It took me almost a year to get back to it, but we are back and better than ever and more knowledgeable than ever. So um, I wasn't too sure what I even wanted to go over today, but I really just wanted to start getting back to more long form content. And I've posted this a few times on my story in the last few weeks. It's just like social media is so oversaturated now. Everybody's trying to be a trainer, trying to be an influencer. doesn't matter what niche it is. Like there's just so much going on and it's hard to get really good information. Um, not only even my, myself, but just I'm sure it's hard for you guys to find quality information that's actually going to help you. Um, not just the same six or seven moves or six or seven tips repeated over and over and over again. I'm sure you guys are getting sick of it. So I'm changing up my content. Um, as I said before on my story and stuff, I'm going to be doing a lot more long form stuff and I don't really care about the views anymore. Like I just care about giving you guys value. Same thing with my in-person clients. Like last year I had close to 120 clients in person and I just felt like one, I was just overwhelmed. Um, I couldn't provide the same type of value to my clients that I actually wanted to. And then as soon as I switched it up in the fall and, and really made just a select few of the people that I, I wanted to work with my clients, um, I, I felt one, not only happier and two, I felt like I was providing a lot more value. And now I did sacrifice a lot of money, but at the end of the day, like being a trainer is just not about money. You, you, you're not going to be able to scale to a hundred million dollar business. It's just not going to happen, right? Like you have to be aware and understand that this is not a luxury business and that's okay. The luxury of this business is being able to play basketball and be around basketball 24-7. So uh, today we're going to get into some, I'm thinking we'll get into some talk about what are some little things that you can be doing throughout your day or throughout you know, a season or long-term thing or acute strategies that are going to help you in the long term if you couple those every single day and make them a part of your lifestyle. So the first thing that I've really found has helped me just in general with everything that I've been doing, um, not only on the court, but off the court, anxiety, uh, just life things, being able to control my mental has been breathing. Um, I've talked about it a little bit in some of my videos, but one of the most important things that you can do is be able to downregulate yourself after a stressful um, environment, after being in a stressful environment, whether that's you just broke up with your girlfriend or you just had a really good game and you had 30 points, that's still very stressful, right? Because you have a lot of pressure on you, no matter what the environment, even if you're playing well, the game is always going to be stressful. So being able to down-regulate yourself through your breathing, um, with the, there's a ton of different strategies that you can use, but I'll go over one that's really helped me. Um, but it, it's so beneficial, and it's made such a difference in my life, in my mental health, and just everything in general. So the method that I use is called box breathing. Um, so it's pretty simple. 
And it's right. You're, you're almost drawing a box with your breathing. So you're going to pick a set time. It's going to be between three to, you know, 10 seconds. The longer you do your breaths, the more effective the box breathing will be. Um, so in a 10 seconds is a very long time, but you also, you also have to realize that I typically do seven seconds. So I'll go seven seconds of inhale through the nose. So right. And then seven seconds of exhale. You can either do through the mouth or through the nose. I prefer the nose. Um, I just feel better with it, I guess. Um, so in that way, you're making a box. Uh, you're, you're thinking about it as a box. You're going seven seconds on the vertical and that's the inhale, right? And then seven seconds on the horizontal. That's the exhale. And then we're going back down, okay, on a vertical path with the inhale. And it's just a continuous process. You're continuously making a box. Um, now, I prefer to do this with my eyes closed so I have no other stimuli affecting me. And I've just found that really it only takes about three minutes for me to get to a spot where I'm not anxious at all. So you can do this if you are having too much anxiety before a game. Um, that's a great time to do it. Like if you're too overstimulated and you need to bring yourself back down into that flow state, it's a great time to use box breathing. Or um, you can do this before you want to, you, you got to go to bed, right? If you have insomnia, which I've had really bad insomnia, and this is something that's helped it. Um, you can practice this method and it'll help you. Most people will fall asleep in like five minutes doing this. And I've done it after a workout and I've almost fallen asleep. So it's a really beneficial method to help you downregulate your stress, anxiety, anything that you might have going on um, at that time. It's a very effective method. But I, I, I say this because and I think it's so important to start using this as an athlete because you're going from such a high stress environment and you're in such a high stress environment, whether it's a practice, a lift, a game, it doesn't matter. You're stressing, your body's stressed. Your mind is stressed in that environment, no matter what, right? Your sympathetic nervous system is extremely active. And in order to recover the proper way, you have to be able to switch from that high anxious state, high stress state into a more calm, right? The parasympathetic system needs to take over immediately after that session. After every game, every training session, every lift, it does not matter. What It doesn't matter. Go find a quiet spot, close your eyes, and take your time. Use this box breathing method. Um, and, and in that, your recovery will start immediately after your training sessions. So that's one key huge um, thing that's going to help you just on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, two, we need to be hydrated throughout our day. Obviously, coaches, parents, everybody talks about how important hydration is, but what is hydration, right? It's not just taking a gallon of water and downing it throughout an entire day and saying, I'm hydrated. That's not, you're not, you're not fueling your body the way it needs to be. Um, fueled in order to be at its peak in performance. So typically what I do for my hydration is I'll wake up. Um, I've got liquid IVs. This is not sponsored, but 
I just use liquid IVs because they're easy. They come in pouches. You can just stick it right in your water bottle and you're good to go. So I'll wake up. I'll throw one of those in about 16 ounces of water. And that's what you need immediately upon wake up. Uh, there's tons of studies that back this stuff. but So you need to be waking up immediately and replenishing um, as much water as you can, right? Because you want to start your day off the proper way. So 16 ounces of water with a liquid IV, best way to go. Because you're getting your electrolytes, uh, you're getting your water, obviously, and then you're set up throughout your whole day. You're, you, as long as you're sipping on water throughout the whole day, you're going to remain hydrated um, through the day. And then you'll notice some improvements in recovery as well as just how you feel on the court. So huge key. That's point number two. I'd say point number three, you got to be in the weight room no matter what in season, out of season, you're bored. You're having fun. Just go to the weight room. God damn it. The weight room is huge, bro. I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than one, it's not it's not going to stunt your growth. I don't know who came up with this myth that it would. It's been around since I was in high school, and I believed it for the longest time. If you're just getting into the weight room, you're just starting out lifting, just lift body weight stuff. Do calisthenics, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, um, single leg, rear foot elevated split squats, bridge holds, um, anything along those lines, anything body weight is going to be beneficial for you. Even if you're eight years old, you should still be doing, uh, be doing it because you're getting ahead of the game. And then by the time you're 13, 14, you can start lifting pretty decent, decently heavy weights. So I would start as early as possible with calisthenics and there's no excuse. You should, you should be doing it no matter what. Um, once you get into the high school ages, this is when everybody's hitting puberty. People are starting to grow more than others. Now you have to really take your weight into your own control. So you should be lifting in high school, especially no matter the circumstances. Um, and like I said, if you're a beginner, I would just start with calisthenics and then you can move into higher, um, higher level stuff as you progress your, your training. So weight room is a must. If weight room used to be a thing where it would separate people, but the weight room has now become so common in basketball that it's an essential part of your training. If you are not doing weight room things, if you're not in the weight room, you are a step behind everybody, right? The most elite programs in the college scene, if you look at their players, they look like football players. They're all lean. They all have tons of muscle mass and they all would body you if they had the chance so put on some damn weight eat some food and just just fall in love with the weight room the weight room has been one of the key reasons why i am who i am today because it is a stressful environment and when i first started i hated going to lift because i was a basketball player basketball players don't lift right but as I got deeper into it, I found it as a way to free my mind and almost it, it became my personal time and it became my growth period of the day. And it became something that I know I'm going to wake up the next day and that weight room is going to be there for me and I'm going to improve in some way, shape or form, right? Now you might have a bad day, 
but I still can get to the gym and I can still grind and I could still put that work in. And I know I got better, better that day at something, right? Because I can control myself going to the weight room on a daily basis. I don't think you should be going every day, you know, but week to week, you should be three to six sessions in a week, um, depending on what your split is. I'd say for most beginner lifters, you want to be, you know, three, three to four days in the weight room per week, especially if you've never been in the weight room before. So, but me personally, I'm in the weight room five days a week minimum, and that's because I've been lifting for seven years. So point number four, sleep, 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 sleep. How much are you sleeping on a daily basis? If it's anything under eight hours, you are fucking yourself. And I say that very straightforwardly because sleep is probably the most important thing that you can do in general as a basketball player. And it's the easiest thing that you can control. Put your phone away at like 830, right? And I'm a victim. I'm a culprit of this too. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do this a lot too, where I'm scrolling, 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 but it's just, it's mindless scrolling. You're seeing the same things over and over again every day if you just put that phone down and you focus on your box breathing for 10 minutes you'll fall asleep and and you'll feel better the next day because of it and then you'll play better the next day because of it there was a study done um, on the stanford men's basketball team and i've used this in some of my content before where i don't remember how many players they took exactly but they tracked the shooting percentages uh, both free throw, free throw, and I believe three point percentages of the Stanford team when they slept more than I want to say ten hours, ten or eleven hours a night, and they found that the more you slept, the higher your percentages were, were um, in both regards, in both three point and free throw percentage. So you can see a direct correlation between how much you're sleeping and how much how well you play. There's a direct correlation. It's studied. It's proven. Now they probably have to do more research on it, but sleep is the key. Eight to 10 hours a night. If you can get more than 10, great, right? You got to be sleeping. And that's just one of those things that it's like, who wants to be the best? If you want to be the best, you have to do these things. And if you don't, you're just not disciplined enough. This is not for you. You're not a dog. You have to understand that it takes a different level to be different. And if you aren't willing to put in the different type of work, you will never be different. You will never be in the NBA. And that's the straightforward truth. So everybody who has a dream of playing at that higher level, if you don't sleep more than eight hours a night, I hate to break it to you. There's nothing There's nothing that's going to come of what you are doing on the court because you're just not even getting enough sleep. That's the number one key. That's the number one recovery modality there is. It doesn't matter how much you stretch, how much you, which I don't believe in stretching, but I probably shouldn't have said that because now I'm going to get a shit ton of backlash. But anyways, um, oh, and there is science that, that proves that point, but that's for another episode. Um, but yeah, that's the number one. It doesn't matter how much you do cryotherapy or your ice bath or hot tub. It does not matter. If you aren't eating right and you're not sleeping enough, you're screwing yourself. Point number five is film. Film is the difference maker. 
it's the difference maker for trainers. It's the different maker difference maker for um, athletes. It doesn't matter what sport you play. Film will never lie. It will never tell you what's. It will sh- always show you the truth. You can always look back at your film, at somebody else's film, and you can learn from it, regardless if it's bad or good. Um, for example, and this has nothing to do with basketball. I was watching a my one of my good friends sent me a, a video of a boxing match I believe it was between Tank and Ryan Garcia um Tank slipped a left hook and followed up with a left hook up of his own I believe and he hit Ryan in the face and he fell and then the next video was Tank slipping that same hook from a different guy and he blocked the other guy blocked it with his right hand and Tank had a wide open right cross to the face um had he i'm not saying he didn't watch film but that's something that if you are up to date with film and you are watching your opponent's tendencies you would be aware of that and you would be able to almost naturally have that reaction to throw that right cross because it's something you've watched over and over again and you know your opponent's tendencies I know my opponent is going to block that right or that left hook, so I'm going to come through with a right cross. It's it's simple, and I think it's so undervalued, at least when I was playing. When I was a senior in high school, I had never watched any film other than my highlights, and that is awful. If you're, not, if you're a high school coach and you're not going over film with your players and just watching it yourself, or not watching it at all, you are failing your players. You are failing everybody that has to do with your organization. Because film never lies. It will always tell you what you need to know. As long as you put the preparation and watch the film properly, um, it's never it's never going to be something that's harmful. It never. And I, I never understood it. When I was in college, my first three years of college... I never watched an ounce of film. And I was a college basketball player. The only time I watched film was when I went to LaSalle. Um, And that changed my... Not only did I grow so much throughout the year, IQ-wise, it helped me prepare myself for what I was about to get myself into the next game. So I'm so thankful that my coach did that for me. And I only had that for a year. Now, imagine if I had four years of a coach who went in-depth with film with me. I don't know where I would be IQ-wise because I'm already, I, 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 without sounding too cocky, I am pretty smart with the game, but I can only imagine if I had done four years of that. Um, now, I've done, I guess I would be where I am now because, I mean, I pretty, watch, pretty much watch film every day. It's gotten to the point where I'm watching an hour to an hour and a half of film a day. It used to be 30 minutes, but now I can kind of just sit there and break down film very, very, very in depth. And I really get into it. Um, And my friend Eli can really attest to that. But I just never understood the idea. Like I have a few high school clients and I've asked all of them, do you guys watch film? No, we don't watch any film. What the fuck are you doing as a coach? Jesus Christ. You're not watching any film. You are not preparing your guys for battle. You are hurting your team. It's sad. It's sad. 
and I only had one year in my entire basketball career. I had one year of a coach who went down and or actually broke down film with me. And it doesn't take, I'm not saying you have to sit down for an hour like I do and watch film. It takes 10 to 15 minutes to learn and prepare yourself for the next day or the next battle. That's what it takes. Nothing more. If you sit there and you're concise with it and you break it down the right way, 10 to 15 minutes. So if you're a high school coach, you don't watch film with your players, you shouldn't be a high school coach. Simple as that. Middle school, a little different time, time constraints, things like that. But it's just, it's unexcusable. So, uh, so that's five key points that I think will be a game changer for you and will go a very, very long way into your improvement as a player. Now, those are some things that you can do on a daily basis or some more like long-term things, but at the end of the day, those are five things you should be doing every day. And I've done them every day for the last six to seven years. And I've seen tremendous growth. I still train myself as a, as a, even as a trainer, I'm still working on my game because I need to be able to take what I know and what I've learned through my own training and apply it to other players. So I think those five things will bring you to the next level. Just stay on top of them. I talk all the time about how important it is to be a dog. Now, what is a dog? A dog is a person that no matter win or lose, no matter what situation they are, who their opponent is, who they are faced, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. They know every time they step on that court, they are going to give every single ounce of energy they have in order to win. I'm not saying a dog has to win all the time. What I am saying is if you're a dog, you are going to do everything in your power to win. And then if you don't win, you are going to do everything in your power to find a way to win the next time. So what comes with that is a level of confidence to understand that if I don't win, it's not a loss. It's a lesson to now go and make the changes to go win the next time I play. So that is a key lesson that I keep and I've incorporated with all of my clients. It's something that I've taught Jason Mahone um, very, very, and I've really harped on it every single day that we work together. We were working together four to five days a week in the, in the fall, and that was something that I think really changed his mindset. Um, and having that dog mentality there's nothing that can stop you because you know, no matter what happens, I will eventually win. It does not matter. I can lose right now, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working until I find a way to win. Simple as that. Life is full of adversity. Life is full of times where you wake up and you're like, fuck, I cannot get through this. But that's life. As soon as we come to understand that life is going to life no matter what, and there's nothing we can do to control the obstacles that are going to get in front of us, all we can do is jump over them bitches. That's it. You can complain, you can bitch, you can moan all you want, but life will still life. And if you sit there and you let that shit beat you into the ground, I don't know what to tell you. 
You are letting life win. Your goal every day should be wake up and I'm going to figure out how to beat life's ass today. How the fuck am I going to win? That's your goal. Nothing else. Right? And once you get into the mindset of I don't give a fuck, I'm going to win today. Your life is going to take leaps and bounds. In the last five months, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've been in that mindset. I was in that mindset four to five months ago where I was just like, oh my God, I can't win. Everything I do, there's always another problem. Fuck it, bro. You know there's going to be another problem. Man up, poke your chest out, stick your chin up, and fucking handle that shit. Life's going to go on no matter what. You might as well handle it, right? Instead of bitching and moaning and crying. And once you do that, once you make that realization that I can make the changes, all I have to do is control what I can control and jump over this fucking obstacle, nothing else can stop you. Nothing in life can stop you. And it's only up. So I'm going to leave you off with that. I think it was a pretty good... Oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? (laughs) I think it was a pretty good podcast. Um, And I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll drop episode three pretty soon. Got my boy Eli Enhancement or EB. Whoa, what the hell? That's my best friend. I don't even know his name. EB Enhancement coming through. So we'll have two cameras set up, two mics. We'll get to the business. But until then, appreciate y'all. Peace out.